0: This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 158. veterinary friends. Welcome to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast. Today, I am super excited to have a guest um, that I just met this week, and he has great energy and amazing ideas. So I'm excited to get to know him with you on the podcast, and he's going to talk to us about um changing our frustration and frustrations into freedom and a lot of other things. So this is Pete Moore and he's a certified business coach and he calls himself a multipreneur. Is that how you say it? Yeah. <laughs> and um I'm so excited to have you here today. Welcome Pete.
1: Thanks so much, Julie. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you today, and thanks so much for inviting me to be a part of your podcast. Looking yeah, forward I'm to the just conversation. Just excited
0: to have you. I always love meeting people that have um, these different tracks than we have in veterinary medicine, and I think you can bring um, our listeners a lot of good tips on how to improve their life.
1: I've had a few different tracks over the years.
0: <laughs> yeah. So tell me about it, because I don't. Yeah. I just met you too.
1: Sure. Yeah, I'm
0: gonna learn right along with everyone else. But I just know when I talked to you the other day, you had this like amazing energy. So I'm excited to share. Thank you.
1: I appreciate. I appreciate you saying that. And you know, um, talking business gives me energy, and I think that's probably what you saw there. Uh, Yeah. It just. It just. It really fills my tank. And from that perspective, you know, if you're in a business that drains your tank, you're probably in the wrong business. And that's, you know, uh, I'm always trying to work in areas that give me energy as opposed to me make me feel terrible at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. And one so, of my
0: missions, and I don't know if we talked about this when we met, but my mission with this podcast and what I'm doing now with my life is yeah. to try to give veterinarians that energy for veterinary for sure. medicine. Like yeah. I I'm disturbed by the fact that we're running away from this profession and I want to, I want to have people running to it. Mm-hmm. So hopefully you right can help us that. with that today.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we'll talk about a few different things, but um, you know, it's, it's really understanding what you want. and from that side of things, I mean, I like you were asking me a, a bit of my background well, i've had I've had a cleaning business. I mean, I have cleaned more urinals than you could ever imagine, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know we with that cleaning business we had for ten years, we focused on sinks, toilets and urinals. And oh so we'd come gosh, into your vet, we'd come into your 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 vet place, you know, detail because often they trying to get sort of just, Wipe down. we we'll right. go down and we detail them every week, you know, sanitize them, finish them properly, uh, do air scents and hand soaps and, and feminine napkin bins and all that sort of stuff and take Amazing. care of that for, um, you know, places like all the vets yeah. And, yeah. and retail stores and all these all these places. I mean, often they had. Um, cleaning companies come in and do or their team would do. But often it wasn't up to the level that they wanted it. So we'd come in and take care of that sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah And I've, I'm a I've, clean
0: freak at my hospital. I'm like, I'm always looking at the floors. Yep. And, like I have that kind of, you know, mm-hmm. about my business. I want it to right. be clean. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so cool. I did that for 10 years. We had a bathroom renovation company and we sprayed bathtubs. We put in bathtub liners and sprayed all kinds of kitchens, So I held, I held a spray gun for 10 or 15 years. So I had those two businesses at the same time. Uh, I was a business broker, helping people buy and sell businesses. I currently, when you're talked about being a multipreneur, preneur I've almost always had two businesses on the go or three businesses on the go at one time. Uh, so from that perspective, I currently own a couple of shoe stores as well as my coaching practice with simplifying entrepreneurship. In yeah. fact, just before this, I was over at one of my shoe stores. We had our weekly manager meeting and uh, just came back to the home office and working out of the home office the rest of the day. But you know, part of turning your frustrations into freedoms is this idea of being able to really have um, a wonderful team around you that's, that you've empowered, enabled, and are actually working in the same path, delivering the same promise to your clients so that everything's working well and you can actually live the life that you want to lead. And I think that's this big idea, you know, whether we're, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're in practice, like a vet or a doctor or a lawyer or whatever, who you're you're basically getting paid for your time. Um, And, and I'm in practice with a coaching practice, right? right? So when people hire me, I'm, it's like they're, you know, we have other, other systems too, but basically if they're hiring me for my time to have conversations, then there's a bill to that, just like there is with anybody uh, in the vet side of things. And so we have to be conscious of our time around that sort of stuff, but we also don't want to be working, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week and mired down in the frustrations of running our own business and trying to get our hours in and trying to do all this other stuff. And there are ways around that. And that's what's I've been able to work through some of that stuff along the way. Um, and well, we can talk about that today around you know this idea of, well, up until yesterday for the last couple of years, and as I'm writing a book on this right now, I called it the four P's, but really kind of um, added a fifth P yesterday. So we could talk a little bit. Oh, really?
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's yeah. something new you just thought of, huh?
1: Literally. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I, I mean, love those
0: little light bulbs that go off once in a while. I'm always like, oh, that's a good idea.
1: Yeah. And you know what? The The big thing for entrepreneurs is that you have to be willing to change. And what you think is a good idea sometimes can be improved upon, and sure. there's never really, there's never really a perfect process. We're always perfecting the process.
0: Mm. There's some peace for you,
1: and yeah, yeah, exactly. The and, process. yeah, you know, as much as we think we have perfected things, often there's still room for improvement. And even if it's ninety percent of the way done, sometimes that extra ten percent really gives you your freedom back around that.
0: Yeah. And
1: uh, laying in some accountabilities and different things. I mean, there's just, there's, there's so much around it that we can uh, have a chat about today. So excited, excited for our chat.
0: Yeah, I am too. I'm really excited to hear about you, your whole thought process. So how did you go from cleaning toilets? And I mean, you said you still have some of these businesses going yeah. like the shoe business, mm-hmm. but how did you get into coaching?
1: Yeah. So fascinating
0: to me, cause that's kind of a new career for me. I mean, I've always coached my whole career, like informally, yeah. Then when I started doing it formally, like, how would you do that?
1: Yeah, so uh, like you, uh, I've been a lifelong entrepreneur. Pretty much all I've ever done, and uh, you know, everybody I know in, in who's a business owner that you know they are coming to me saying, well, what should I do here?" And, and how should I look at this? And. I I like to draw stuff out, map stuff out, frame things, that sort of thing. And I I just one of my personal, um, I'll call it um, unique abilities, basically, is to be able to see things in frameworks and sort of put clarity around certain thoughts, be able to take certain thoughts and clarify them. And really, as 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 business owners, that's the big thing. We need to have clarity so we can build confidence. And when we have the confidence, then we're building the momentum around our business, right? So it all starts with clarity. And from that perspective, it's just been one of the things I've been able to um, be gifted with, I guess, and, and work my work sort of my thoughts around over the years. And when I became, you know, it just was a natural progression for me because I've been able to set my businesses up. And what I help other business owners do too, is set their business up to be sort of a turnkey type business whereby you're not the, uh, relied upon for every single little decision you're relied upon, you're relied upon for the biggest of decisions within your organization, not the smallest of ones. Uh, you know, then, then you have the freedom to do other things. Maybe that's start another business. Maybe that's, take some time off. I mean, there's a lot of business owners out there that haven't taken a week's long vacation in a very long time. And they think they're, they're doing well if they get a long weekend. Well,
0: that's a problem.
1: It's it's a problem. And, you know, it's a big problem. So, you know, a lot of people who are very successful have no time.
0: Yeah. Well, how do you recommend then this just popped into my head when you were saying that, a lot of veterinarians, especially um, those of us that have owned businesses or still own businesses yeah. and have a team, mm-hmm. you know the the veterinary um, business kind of lays on the doctors. Yeah. So how do you get that mindset, that controlling mindset? under control so you can walk away and leave it your business in the hands of other people, your employees or your team members, we like to call them, um, and be okay with it and not worry about it. You know, I would take a vacation and my mom would say, what's going on at the hospital? How's it going? And I would be like, I don't know, mom, they're running it. You know, I got doctors there, it's going. I said, they don't call me unless the roof's on fire, you know? So how do you recommend people switch that mindset from being controlling to just having that freedom because that's kind of what we're talking about right
1: totally is totally is and you know um, it's an interesting thing most of the people that I work with I mean I don't work with managers I only work with owners basically entrepreneurs themselves and you know that's that's one of the biggest things is to grant them the authority to release authority
0: and trust maybe
1: Yeah. Yeah, So the, this, this idea that you have to be involved in every minute decision is the biggest frustration that every business owner has. So, you know, this pulls us into our now a five P conversation really, but it, it, you know, I'll give you the, I'll give you the original four P's and then I'll add the first Yeah, the yeah I want to hear about that. The, the first I, one. If I keep uh, looking
0: down, it's because I like to write stuff down. So yeah, it's cool. cool. I'm, I'm listening. I'm just, yeah, I no, it's, I'd it's like to good. take notes when I talk to people.
1: <laughs> so the four P's that I've structured and been talking about for the last six months or so, as I'm, as I'm kind of carving up this book uh, is, is really aligning and I'll give it to you quickly and then we can go deeper. Uh, okay. Aligning the right product or service in your business, and really honing in and making sure that it's helping you know deliver what you promise. The second one is the right processes. And having the right processes is a key thing to removing frustration. The third one is enabling and having the right people. And we say in the three sides of people, um, one is the ideal customer, two is the ideal team members, Three is your ideal suppliers, outsource partners, wholesalers, any of the other people that help you deliver your end result. And then so that you can get the fourth P, which is profit. And when you have the right amount of profit, then you can start allocating that in ways that truly you want to allocate to live the better life. We all get in business to with, with this idea that if I own the business, I'll live a better life. And the problem is, is a lot of people own the business and are workaholics and working down and and their life isn't getting any, maybe they're, maybe they have a booming practice, maybe like they're making all kinds of money, but they're not actually able to enjoy their life. And that's where, you know, most of my clients are when they come to see me and it's like, Hey, I'm doing really well, uh, financially but I'm not hitting many of these other areas and what I call buckets of life and in, in the in the capacity that I actually want to uh, reach them. So the fifth P is the one that I'm going to start everything with, which, and I, I talked a little bit about it uh, off the bat here, is promise. What is your promise that you're delivering to your customers?
0: Mm, I so like that.
1: Yeah. So, because everything kind of Uh, You know, your product has to deliver, you know, you have to deliver the right product in order to fulfill the promise. You have to have the right processes in order to fulfill the promise. You have to have the right people in order to fulfill the promise. What is the promise that you're delivering with your particular veterinarian practice?
0: Yeah, I love that. It kind of goes back to the old mission statement, you know, like that's kind of an old idea. And we used to do that all the time. What's our mission? What's our mission? But I really I, I like putting it into the promise because yeah. that's really what it is.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I love the mission idea. statement. I don't yeah. think it's old at all. I think it's very current and relevant. Yeah. Um, and I I have a whole package called guiding principles, which includes the mission statement. The mission
0: statement, um,
1: yeah. And and vision statement. So yeah. uh, I like the vision know, ha- too. Vision, mission, uh, key capabilities, key characteristics, uh, what you're doing every day why you're doing it every day, all of those things I like to put and package into a one-page document that's uh, easy to understand, easy to read, sort of grade three level understanding, no big words, no legal need. Yeah, our mission
0: statement got really long. Yeah. (laughs) And sometimes that's tough, right?
1: You know, it it really should be uh, something that every person, and, and I you know there's different topics around mission statement and every person in your organization should know the mission statement every person should know the vision that's part of leadership
0: and now, you should be you, bringing
1: that up at every single meeting why we're doing this
0: what yeah what do you put, what? do you see that as part of your um your promise then is that part of it or is that something separate
1: yeah yeah, so rolling guiding principles. so once you've developed those guiding principles, then you're coming up with your promise, right? Okay. and And when you have your promise and you're you're going to start aligning your business. So here's like if someone were to work with me, uh, and this is kind of how I line this out, just to give you sort of a sort of flow of, of how, these, how I think strategically you should be thinking about some of these things. Okay. Number one is to really truly understand why you got in business and what you want out of your business so that you can have a better life. So this idea of creating the life that you want with business supporting you as opposed to business being the life, right? So right. your business should be there. I, I put it in these frameworks. You own your business, it shouldn't own you. And if you're feeling like your business owns you, then you've got some work to do.
0: Right. So do you start with the promise? Like tell tell me the I, thought I, process. I, yeah, like if yeah. you're feeling stuck in your business right yep. now, yep. and you're a leader, even if you're yep. not an owner, you're still a leader, but yep. you're feeling stuck. For sure. So what is the like what is your vision for working your yep. way out of that?
1: So um, am, I,
0: am I jumping ahead too much? Not at all. <laughs> not
1: at all. We can we can go back to this uh, sort okay, of. Uh, I have philosophy. a tendency to
0: jump around. So. Yeah.
1: Before we before we roll into four Ps and five Ps, uh, we'll we'll come take it one step back. And okay. you know, I've I've created this whole sort of framework around what I call the one page planner, which are one page systems of what do you want out of your life, what do you want out of your year, your quarter, your week, your day, and so it's a planner. We've all used planners or tried planners in the past and things like that. But really, it's a framework around understanding truly what you want out of your life, because until we understand what we want out of our life, and sometimes, you know, it's like 10 years just happened, and and I can't believe where I'm at now, and I'm at where I'm at right now, and I don't know what I want for the next 25 years, really. I kind of, we've just been kind of doing as opposed to future casting. Planning. Mm -hmm. and, and sort of looking for that. So it's like, let's come back to what you want actually out of your life and the buckets of life, you know, your health, your wealth, your mission, your purpose, your leisure time. How do you want to spend your leisure time? You know, some of these different things and and driving that down and writing down your goals, writing down your vision for what you want those for your 25 year future so that you can then work backwards and use your business to help prop those up and support those.
0: Okay. So step, yep.
1: step one is really understanding what you want out of it, right?
0: Right. And that's, a, the that's a pretty serious mental exercise.
1: It's a big one.
0: When I coach people, it's when you ask them, where, where do you want to go? It, a lot of people don't spend time really thinking about that.
1: Right. But it's, it's also the most important thing they need to spend time with
0: Absolutely. to set
1: everything else up in behind it.
0: Right. And get where you want to go.
1: The most important
0: yeah. If you don't know you where need- you want to go, you can't get there. It's like that map, right? The GPS. If you don't put an address in, you're not getting there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you, yeah, one of my coaches, uh, Joel Weldon's, calls it the golden thread uh, or, you know, you can also, I've I've heard it called, you know, the the laundry line when you're hanging out your laundry, right? All those pieces are on that same line, but that line basically is going from start to finish and there is an end and there is a beginning and everything's on that line. If yeah. it's not on the line, if it's off the line, then you're, you you're missing it. the boat.
0: Right, right.
1: Yeah. So, so starting with that is a, such a big piece and I'm happy to share my one page planning system with any of your audience. We can put it in the link. It's free. Okay. Uh, yeah.
0: After the podcast, I'll have you send me all that and sure, I will sure. definitely put it in the notes. And yeah. at the end we can go through all, you know, where they can go to, yeah. to find you.
1: Yeah, so so from that perspective, happy to share that with anybody. Uh, there's a little video that accompanies it and stuff. Yeah, like Yeah, you showed
0: that a little bit to me when yeah. we talked the other day, and it really looks amazing. I'm going to try it.
1: Great, I, you I know, love anything
0: that helps me get organized.
1: That's that's the idea. That's process, right? One of our Ps, process. If you have a process in place that that moves you ahead then that's the idea so then once we know what we want of our life we come back to our business whether it's a new business whether we're starting a new practice whether we're buying an existing one or whether we've been in one for a while we're now reassessing this whole thing building our guiding principles understanding what it is that we truly want to deliver to our customers Mm -hmm. the promise And the promise basically in, in a nutshell, if you want to draw your promise up fairly quickly, I'll give you a promise that I have for my shoe stores. We want our customers to look great and feel fantastic.
0: That's sweet. Yeah, that's great though.
1: So when you're talking about mission statements and all that stuff, you need to be be, be delivering these things in short captions that everybody in your team can remember. And you can make all decisions around. So for our case, if, if I'm in the current, you know, we're at, we're here in, in January recording, but I'm already buying our footwear for next winter. That's how far we're ahead of time. So if, if I'm looking at something with my um, Brock who helps me do some buying, you know, we're looking at this sort of stuff and we're basically saying, does this, Do we see this? Can they look in the mirror and say, "Hmm, I look good. And can they look, can they stand there with the shoes or the boots on their feet and close their eyes and go, those feel fantastic. So if they can look great and feel fantastic with what we're delivering, we've got the right shoe. I
0: love it.
1: And what are those Everything else
0: comes out of that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: What are those promises that you can deliver? So the delivery for, you know, the, the promise for, for simplifying entrepreneurship is I'm going to help you reduce your frustration and get more freedom. Yeah, I call it turning your frustrations into freedoms. Perfect. So that's my promise, right? If, if you're working with me or our podcast or any of these conversations, it should be getting these ideas, these juices flowing around the idea that, yes, I am frustrated by that. And I want to take action to have more freedoms, right? So mm-hmm. what, what is the promise that you offer to your clients for your practice whether it's, you know, big animals, small animal, you know, it doesn't really matter. You have a unique situation with your practice, then you want to be delivering a promise that's clearly communicated, not only to your clients, but to all of those team members that we talked about all like all the people that other P your clients, your your team and your outsource partners and wholesalers and all the other stuff, they need to know what your promise is so that they can be a part of it because they are a part of it. And what that kind of stuff does is it either attracts or it repels. Both are good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Repelling, then you can get your right people, right?
1: Yeah. Right repelling is, a,
0: and your right employees or team members. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Repelling is equally as, as important as attracting.
0: I love that because we struggle so much, especially right now in the last couple of years with the client's frustration and then them taking it out on us. And so we deal with a lot, or I, I, I hear from my clients, my coaching clients, that they're frustrated by the veterinary clients, if that makes sense. Like a lot of our frustration is coming from the clients being upset. So you saying that if we can weed out the people that aren't really our clients and get rid of them, the complainers and the people that, you know, don't, don't like what we're delivering, then we're going to have less frustration. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I'll give you a quick, a quick uh, tool to do that. Okay, cool. And you can do this with your team members. You can do it with your suppliers. You can do it with your clients.
0: Okay.
1: What you do is mentally think about, and you'll know the name of this person, (laughs) who is your worst ever client? Yeah. It might've been three years ago. It might've been last month it might have been 6 years ago but i can almost guarantee you still remember that person's name
0: yeah i could probably make a little list <laughs>
1: right okay so even if I you have two or it. three of them make yeah. make a little list so on on the on the page vertically draw a line on the left side worst client mrs smith you know or mr jones or whatever right. yeah on the right hand side name that person your best ever client the one that you're like this person is every time i see this person I got a smile on my face. I love working with them. All this stuff. You know that person too. You know sure. their name. Yep. Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Mr. Smith, whoever it is. And, um, and then start writing down, brainstorming down all of the reasons why you either love or hate doing business with this person.
0: Okay. I could see doing this at a team meeting. This would be great. Yep. Okay.
1: Okay. And just brainstorm it out. Then you're going to take each of those things, just list the stuff, compact those things into sort of nodes, and then do yourself a little map. And the map is a scorecard, you know, one to 10, one to five, one to 12, whatever the case is. And, you know, you don't remember all those people in the middle necessarily, but you do remember the worst and you do remember the best. And what are the qualities of the worst? What are the qualities of the best? And you're going to start aligning all of your marketing, all of your processes, all of everything around the fact that you want to repel the worst and you want to attract the best.
0: Mm, I
1: love it. And do the same with your team members. The worst ever team member, the best ever team member, the worst ever supplier, the best ever supplier. Do the scorecard and then put everybody through that scorecard. Every person, whether they're a client, a team member, or whether they're a a supplier that's helping you deliver your promise. right? Because if they're not in alignment with your promise and if you don't know what the promise is... Then that's where the communication and sort of all of this mumble jumble happens and nobody's knowing what they're doing and all this other stuff. Because it all happens as part of, you know, so having having the right promise, aligning the right people. And then we also had the product in there, right? So what is the product or in, in most bets? Uh, service, services it's going to be what's the service that you're offering, right? But yeah. but think about your services. How many services uh, you know, if you've been in business a long time, you have legacy services, stuff that you're doing all the time, right? So right. I I look and we we take that sort of 80-20 rule. And the best way to take any of your service, map out your, I'm giving you a few tools here to start thinking and structuring some of this stuff that you can literally do when we're having this conversation if you're if you're listening to it at your desk. Right. If you're if you're driving, well you know think about <laughs> doing to it when- again
0: later <laughs> yeah. listen to us but, now because and, yeah. and you're saying a lot and and you're giving us tools that we can actually sit down and use which is yeah. amazing for me because I love I always tell people that you have to work to get better and this is a great exercise
1: yeah, yeah. and i mean this is the stuff that I literally do with my clients, right? And we sit down, we discuss all the stuff, we brainstorm about, we work through this stuff and come to decisions. And you know, it's like my job is to get this stuff out of the person's head so that they can make their decisions, right? As a coach, I'm not making the decisions. I'm not, I'm not the decision maker. I'm just there to pull all that stuff out. But these are these are some of the tools that I would use to pull that stuff out. So, you know, when we when we when we look at at uh at that, it's like let's let's get through this sort of stuff. When we Look at the products and services. you know use that 80-20 rule. Ten percent of your products or services that you have, whether it's products on the shelf that you're selling shampoos and, pe- and pet food and different things like that, or, or whether it's your services, some of the services that you do, 10 percent of them probably need to be shaved off right now because they're either taking way too much of your time or they're not making you any money. Right. Eighty percent of them are the to bread and butter it's what you do every day it's what your business is based on well that's great but how can you hone those even more and make them even more profitable make them you know you want to reduce your time spent on that make them more profitable and you need to you know you squeeze the squeeze everything you can out of that 80% so that it's a more efficient nut for you and for your team and for your clients. And so that the process all around that is just a more enjoyable, more easy, more straightforward, more sort of, you know, no decisions need to be made here. It just happens like clockwork, right? Yeah.
0: Well, and I can see this exercise with the worst and the best. Yep. Helping you, you know, decide which clients you want to fire. Cause we yep. do that sometimes. We're like, okay, yeah, obviously sure. you're not happy here. Here's yeah. your records. You know, we're going to help you find someone that. Makes you exactly. happy. Exactly.
1: Here's a list of other local vets.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. We 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 have to do that, you know, yeah, sure. protect our sanity. And the yeah. same thing if you have a team member that you're debating,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: like does this person fit yeah. with our mission and our purpose yeah. and our, mm-hmm. you know, our vision? And yeah. so this this particular exercise you're talking about doing the worst and the best, I, I think would be a great tool for a lot of things.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. Decision making. Really. People really. that
0: struggle yeah. making decisions. Yeah. Cool. I love it.
1: Yeah. So and and then the the next 10% on the product base is so you have the the 10 that you need to carve off, the 80 that you really need to hone down in on. And then you need the next 10, which is the future focus stuff. What is coming down the pipe? You as the leader of the business, you need to be on top of this stuff so that you're not missing opportunity. What's the next opportunity? And you need to be testing and trying and working through that other 10% to see if it's going to become part of your 80. Right right yeah. is it a new scan is it a new process is it is is it a new product that i'm going to offer to my to my clients whatever it is you need to be always be researching and looking for that 10% as you're letting that bottom 10% just go you're honing in on that 70 or 80% that's really bringing it in for you and you're looking for that new 10 to 20% that's that's going to be part of your future
0: right Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's that product conversation. And then the next part is process. And we talked a little bit about process and, and the idea around all of the processes within your practice, a lot of peas today, but uh,
0: (laughs) yeah, you're going to, you're going to have to get some water or something. Yeah. I've
1: I've got my big jug here. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, from, from the process side of things, there are a lot of, I mean, most people listening here are, are vets and there's a lot of process, you know, you have your operating processes, you have all these different things that, that happen within.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. A yeah. There's it. a ton.
1: There's a ton, but how many of them are actually being used being followed uh, and, and you know, how like of those, there's probably 10% of those that need to go. There's 80% of those that, you know, are 80% good and still need to be perfected a little bit they've changed last year there's been something new come out but that hasn't actually been changed not everybody's maybe following it exactly the way they should be it's not as systematic as it should be and what are the new processes again you can still use that 80 80- you know, that 1080 10, right. 10 or That's that 1070 20. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the same sort of, and it's just the strategic thinking around this sort of stuff that you need to continuously do as the leader. Because once we get through that stuff, then our job as the leader is we need to communicate it it's always around communication, right? It's always about giving full clarity to our entire team, our clients, our supplier, full clarity all the time, without exception at every meeting, at every conversation, all of that stuff, it's full clarity. And when we have full clarity of communication within our organization, your frustrations turn into freedoms. Yeah. You know, I love, go ahead. Go ahead, no. I um, I love the term, system and acronym for the word system and I mentioned Joel earlier uh, one of my coaches but he introduced me to this one as well and um the word system saves you stress time energy and money so mm-hmm. system if we spell it out saves yeah. you stress time energy <laughs> and money and so when we look at processes when we look at systems are your systems saving you stress, time, energy, and money? If they aren't, they aren't the right system. They need to be honed. They need to be worked on. They need to be, you know, made better so that they are. And when they are, when you have those systems in place, here's one of the little keys we talked about earlier on, which is this idea around why why you have to be as the owner of the business involved in every decision. When there are systems in place, then each system needs to have an accountability there needs to be person some person in charge of that system one person not four that's where things get confused Mm -hmm. that's where things it's like who's is 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 it julie's job or is it john's job right well they're both on the accountability chart like if we look at an organizational chart, or or i like to use the term uh, accountability chart who's accountable for this if we, if we follow up the chart, who's actually accountable for this, making sure that this system is working and humming properly. We can always follow the trail. And if you can't follow the trail with every system and every process in your business, then you got some work to do.
0: Yeah. And things fall through the cracks.
1: Yeah. Because wow. ultimately the thinking around this is that you always want to have Every decision in your business made at the lowest possible level on the accountability chart.
0: Well, and that, that thing that you just said takes the, takes the control freak, you know, like a lot of us have a tendency to want to control everything in our business. It kind of helps you let go of some of that control. If, if the lowest common denominator is accountable, then you're, you're no longer overseeing that. And I think- that is the mental game. That is that That's is the difficulty for a lot of us is to, to be able to let it go.
1: Yeah. So you have to have, so again, I, I was, I think I've said this already, but clarity creates confidence and confidence right. ignites momentum, right? Yep. So that. you have to have clarity in the processes and in the accountability so that you have the confidence to move ahead. I'll let it go. Yeah.
0: And move right. on to the next thing that needs so addressing.
1: Then. Your job as the leader is to dashboard this stuff, right? Right. So I don't need to know what happens unless it's red. So unless I the use roof is on gro- fire. <laughs> well, yeah. Don't so call I, me unless
0: I, the place is burning down.
1: <laughs> I I use a dashboarding system, and we have you know key performance indicators that we've got everywhere from how many email like what's our email open rate to door counts to you know all, all sorts of things to gross revenues, and, and you know in your case it could be how how many uh, bench hours do you have, and and all these different things along you know, um, your your operating procedures and how much food did you sell and how like all of these different things. What are the benchmarks that are most important to you, including accounts receivable would be another one that we want to make sure that the money's coming in. We like all these different things. But from a leader perspective, you really don't need to know that much. If you've set up the right benchmarks, if it's green, let it be. If it's yellow, take notice. If it's red, be involved
0: and that and that eliminates a lot of the day to day
1: right because yeah. the things that are green you're letting happen at that lower level of the of the organization the systems in place it's a yes or a no decision for that person to to make because you've already you've already perfected the process with it and They know what to do with ultimate confidence that this is the right answer. You don't need to be involved in that decision. In fact, it's just a frustration for you to be involved in it for the client as well, because it's taking it to another level that it doesn't need to be at. The client just needs to be dealt with then and there and let your team deal with it then and there without having to have, should I go talk to so-and-so? Like, what should I do here? It's like, well, if, if, if it happens more than two or three times, then your process is wrong. Right. You need to go back and fix the process so they know what to do. And you know that's that's and where do you start when people will say well where do I even start with this? You start with the first one.
0: Yeah. Just start. Well I was just going to ask you that. If you if you're running a practice or yeah. you know you're a veterinarian that's even um not running the practice but an associate because yeah. The layers of leadership in a hospital usually end up at the doctors, even if they're not the owner. So, if you're one of those doctors that is very controlling and has taken on all these decisions, even the low-level ones, and you're frustrated, yeah, how would you advise somebody to start? And which is kind of what you just started to say, yeah, to teach their team how to be accountable, like communication, obviously. But specifically, if, you're, if you've been a control freak and that's why you're frustrated, because everybody comes to you for every little decision, yeah. you start teaching that team to be more independent.
1: You show them the accountability chart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, you, and you basically say, listen, uh, why are you coming when, when I'm two people up the accountability chart on this thing we're talking about? Why are you bypassing you know, Jane, who's in the middle? Because Jane makes the decision. Look at the accountability chart. She's in charge of marketing. Why are you coming to me with this marketing question? Or she's in charge of ordering our supplies for the ops room. Why are you coming to me with regards to the fact that we need more um saline bags or what whatever it may be? You know, like
0: yeah. well, the it, answer oftentimes is because you because you answer. Right. You know, like if, so this, if you if you give them the answer, they're going to keep coming to you. But if so you, you don't. They, that's yeah. that's Jane's job.
1: Yeah, you need yeah. to go
0: ask her and just exactly. keep, like retraining. I, yes. I find that you know when people come to me and say, "Well, everyone just brings all their problems to me." Yeah. It's like, "Well, be that keep solving them." <laughs>
1: right. So yeah. my my philosophy around that is be very clear about who's accountable, which we talked about. What are the processes in place? Is your accountability chart strong? And does everybody know with full clarity who's accountable for what parts of your business? And if they do, then anytime anybody comes to you about something, you just reflect it back to the person and you say, hey, that's Jane or that's Tim or, you know, um, talk to Tim. Right. You know, uh, are, are we, are we, uh, you know, are we closed this weekend? I don't know. I'm not, I'm I not in HR. I don't do the schedule. John does the schedule. Go talk to John. Yeah. Like it's, it's really a redirection of the accountability. Yes. Are you the owner? Yes, you are. Ultimately, you know, if that's the case, ultimately, if something needs to be dealt with, it needs to be dealt with. But if it's something that already has a process already has an accountability person attached to it, then it should always be redirected to the person who's accountable or else they're not accountable.
0: Right. Yeah. And are they accountable or are they not? Right, and once you do that, then it frees up a lot of time. Oh, to the world to, changes. Yeah, to to be free, you know, like we're talking the world transformation to freedom. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. do all the things that you want to do.
1: Well, I mean, if you choose to have, you know, uh, table hours and all this other stuff, and you're you want to be in your business, I mean, for me with my shoe stores, um, here here's how I kind of lay it out now. I mean, I I, I do. With my shoe stores, I'm, I'm basically eight or 10 hours a week with my shoe stores. I have most of them are revolve around the meetings with my team, my management team, my, you know, my uh, anything we're doing on the marketing side or the buying side or, or pay, you know, sort of accounts payables or finance. But I'm, I'm dealing with those things at a, at a, at a uh, supervisory level with the people that are accountable. I'm virtually accountable for nothing in my business. Anymore.
0: Uh, other than the very, very top level. Dis-
1: right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So and did I uh, I mean, I, I was in I was in one of our stores uh, on, this past Sunday because we had a couple people off with COVID protocol. So I went in and worked and yeah, I'm, it's my, still my business. So am I going to let the store not have a person in it because we're down two people that we're supposed to be working on that day? No, I'm going to go in and do it, but that's my job as the owner to right. be available when needed help with the decisions when needed, when anything's out of the normal, I am there to fill the gap when anything's it within the normal, it should be running green light all the time. Yeah. And, you know, with our businesses um, in, in Canada, I'm in Canada, I'm in Ontario, we were closed four months due to government lockdowns uh, in 2021. So we were closed the month of January, month of February, we were open in March, closed April, closed May. Right. So, but from June until the end of December, I was probably um, the most absent like as far as actual time spent in store that I've ever been in my 12 years of owning those particular stores and we had 7 of 8 best ever months
0: so on some level getting getting the leader out of there works cuz people on some spend- level yeah of course level.
1: you know and i can tell you there's o- there's only so much decision making power that you have in your brain every day And so when those decisions are used up on minor decisions, you are not using your capabilities to your potential. Right. Let the minor decisions happen by other people and be focused, conscious, capable, all of your energies in on the decisions that actually make a difference to move your business and life ahead. And when you do that, by letting go of those things, allowing accountabilities to happen with your oversight by dashboarding things that really make a difference so that you know whether they're green, yellow, or red, you need to know that as the owner, you know, whatever those things are for you that are most important, you need to have that availability. Then you can actually allow yourself to make the most important decisions that are going to move your business ahead. And if you move your business ahead, you're going to move your life ahead.
0: Right. So how do you recommend or what advice do you give to your entrepreneur clients when they come to you for coaching on how to break that mental barrier? Because a lot of, um, because of the responsibility that we have in veterinary medicine, like there it's a little, there's a, a little bit higher responsibility when you're dealing with live things and some of the decisions are more serious because of that how do you help them deal with that mental shift from letting go of some of the responsibility letting go with some of the processes so that they can do the job that they're supposed to do while still being responsible for the results if someone drops the ball or makes a mistake cuz sometimes that's the hardest thing i have to coach people on you know what I, do you understand what i'm asking you
1: i do but
0: like like maybe, let's say maybe, in your maybe. in your shoe business Yep. that somebody's really angry because somebody sold them a pair of shoes and they fell apart or I don't know yeah. what the, yeah. the analogy is but how do you as a leader separate that worry that something's going to go wrong once you let go of the control
1: because
0: yeah. there's a lot of that brain that worry brain yeah. that you know well what if somebody dies or what if something doesn't yeah. go well or if what if someone makes a mistake yeah. and um you know that's a lot of I, a lot of things that I have to coach people
1: through Right. Because I'm not in veterinary services, I don't see it as any different at all. Uh, you were saying there's a higher calling. Yeah, I, don't, I, I don't think there is.
0: Yeah. And that's why um, I'm asking you I, I, that because it's a brain shift. It really, yeah. It's really not a reality. It's a brain.
1: Yeah. I, I don't see it as any difference. Um, yeah. You know, we all have things that we have to make decisions on and, you know, we all have to set up the right promise the right product, the right process, the right people in order to be able to get through those things. And again, you're dealing with these sort of things every day. This is what you do in your practice. And it's not any different. It's a different person, but it's a it might be a slightly different conversation, but basically we're dealing with the same sort of thing. So if I had to deal with this last week and now the next person comes in and we're having it, it, it's a process. So what are the conversations? What are the ways you get through that? What are the ways you deliver your promise and everybody on your team should know that. So again, if that, that kind of thing comes in and there's those conversations around that, we already know the path that we're going to take through that, whether it's you doing it as the owner or whether it's one of your other associate um, Practitioners, or whether it's one of the people on your team, you know, all of these things, we've been through this before. We've had dogs pass away. We've had, you know, cancer clients. We've, we've had, had clients had,
0: that had to wait and yeah, they're, we, all they're mad. Yeah, exactly. We've
1: had it all. It's right. all been there. Right. So, you know how so to deal with it. yeah. And how do you deal with that? You have the right process, you have right. the right system. Yeah. And that should all be outlined. When when somebody comes in and they're worried that we can't get to them within two weeks, what happens? We touch base with them. We communicate with them. We follow up with them. We do like all these different things. We, you know, whatever your process is, it should be sort of a linear sort of equation so that, you know, even your your person at the front desk can just be dealing with this and you don't have to deal with it because it's a system.
0: Right. Yeah. I love it
1: saves you stress time energy money.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think I think for someone like me that um is kind of a free spirit and you know I'm in this business because I'm in veterinary medicine because I like the the challenges of the differences day to day. I yeah. think when you start talking systems, sometimes that gets overwhelming because it's like, oh, how can you systemize all this? But as you're talking, yeah. I'm like, well, we already kind of have that. Yeah. Just a matter of maybe making it a little bit more um transparent and clear, like we were talking about clarity. Yeah. If if there is some struggles with, you know, the way the systems are laid out. Yeah. So I love that.
1: Yeah. Such an important piece. And yeah. you know what? It has to come out of the decision maker's head and onto paper. And once it's onto paper, then it needs to be clearly communicated. Like that's the way. Right. So once it comes out, cause people say, well, I've got it all here. It's all here. Well, that's no good to anybody else within your system. It's no good to any other people. It's no good to your clients. It's no good to your team. It's no good to your suppliers. It has to be out onto paper. It has to be clearly communicated often. And, you know, repeated repetition is the mother of skill always delivering to our promise, making sure that it's in alignment with the promise that we're going to give to our clients so that we can, you know, it just oozes this system and this control and this ease of how our business works. And when that, when that you, when you get to that level, it's like a level of mastery. And when you have this level of mastery within your business, then there's less frustrations. There's less fires to put out. There's less sort of those kind of things. And really, and truly when there are some issues, your brain power, you're in a state of decision-making that you can make those decisions with more ease and more clarity because you're not having to deal with all these other little things.
0: Rather than it being the straw. Oh boy. You have all these things and then one more thing happens and then it feels like you're like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. But if you, if, you're, it, if, if you have the systems, then that, that problem isn't going to be the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. yeah.
1: And people say, well, where do I start? Where do I start? It's like, yeah. start with the first thing, the lowest hanging fruit and, you know, start at that lowest level that we talked about the accountability chart, all of those systems, make sure that they're in place. How are you hiring? How are you firing? Does it align with your promise? Do you, you know, all of these different things how do we how do we greet our customer how do we answer the phones you know all of these things how do we deal with a customer complaint all of these things should be you know clear clearly communicated and if you don't have a meeting structure within your business because you don't think meetings are worthy these are the things you talk to around your meeting structure these are the things that you're always repeating always bringing up always talking about around your guiding principles that you've laid out around your promise around all of the systems that make this happen so that you can be always in the in the loop everybody knows what's going on and either you're repelling or you're compelling and both of those like we said earlier are good things and things that are going to make your business better and make you enjoy your life more because you will have this sort of turnkey operation that you can choose to work in when you want to work in and doing what you want to do, fully because that's that's your that that's your um, right as the owner of the business to be working in it the way you want to and the way that's going to suit your life.
0: Right, and having having the control and the systems in place to allow yourself to not be there. I think For is- sure. You know, when you say turnkey to me, it's like, I'm taking a vacation and yep. I, you know, out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I had so, this conversation with my manager because she was off over the holidays for a couple of weeks and yeah. she was so nervous that the place was blowing up. Yeah. And I said, well, how was it when you came back? She goes, it was fine. I didn't even have any messages in my box. I'm like, well, that's when, you know, you're doing a good job. You've left them empowered to handle everything that you do. And they don't even need you anymore, which is amazing. Exactly. And then you get exactly. to decide so, when you want to be there or not. Yeah, that's
1: the I, I told you, I, I went in and worked at one of the stores on Sunday. And you know what? There's a reason that my team keeps me off of the till. Because <laughs> I am not a good per. I'm talk. I'm talking. I'm having a great time with my clients. You know, we're fitting them up. We're doing stuff. Right. But basically, they keep me off the till because they know almost every time I touch the POS system, I screw it up.
0: Make a mess. Yeah.
1: I know that they know that, but you know, I had to go in, I had to work and I'm not on the till very much. Well, what did I do? I charged somebody $21 and 63 cents instead of 216, um, you know, 30, let's say it was a big mistake. It was my mistake. I own it. But, but from that perspective, um, you know, there's a reason why I don't deal in working on the till because I have other people that are now, can I do it? Well, I can sort of, (laughs) but, (laughs) but really I, I I have completely allocated that to somebody else and in dire need. Yes. I'll go in. Yes. I'll do that stuff. Do I, can I get through it? Yeah, I can get through it, you know, but it's not my accountability anymore and it hasn't been for some time. So when you're releasing some of that stuff and I just use that because it was, it's a fresh example, but uh, you know, when we're releasing some of those things and I don't need to know how to do a, you know, a return, for example, in my stores that much, because I'm never going to be there on my own. I'm always going to be with somebody else. And those kind of things are, are just things I don't need. I don't need to know how to receive a document or receive a, a parcel. Somebody else is looking at, I don't need to know the minutia of that. It's just taking up my brain space. Right. And so when you start thinking about the value of your time and the value of your decision making abilities in a given day, that alone should start thinking about why am I doing this? Why am I placing a staples order? What? Why am I doing? Why am I placing the staples order? Because we need some pens at the office oh,
0: it should never why, happen. Right. Why
1: am I falling into this trap? Why am I ordering the next um, shipment of dog food? Why am I ordering this stuff? Why am Why am I answering the phone when I, my my time, depending on how you will allocate your time, my time might be best in the operating room, or my time might be best, you know, doing whatever that is that's going to be the best use of your unique ability. That's going to drive the business ahead and drive the promise to your clients in the best possible way that you can offer for your business.
0: Yeah, and I I can uh, attest to that by saying to the veterinarians out there, if you, you know, you're not above doing those jobs. Like it, it's not at all. Not, it's not because you're a doctor and you're above it. It's because. If someone else is good at it and they can do it, there's no need for you to have to do it. Like they ask me to charge out a client. I know how to do it, but I don't do it every day. I don't know how yep. to run the credit cards. Exactly. It changes. They don't train me. I'm just like, I don't know how to charge you out. And clients will say, Well, how much is X, Y, or Z? I'm like, mm, I really don't know. The techs do that, the receptions yep. do that. Like, I don't have to know. Mm. And I don't Really want to know because that takes up my brain space. Right. And so I would encourage veterinarians, if you find yourself doing a technician's job or a receptionist job or your manager's job all the time, because you feel like you have to control it, that that's what you start. You need to work on that, that you mindset do. about letting that go.
1: And, you know, the receptionist, the tech uh, technician, all those people you just mentioned, they want to have accountability. hmm they don't want you stepping in on their stuff.
0: Want I me mean, hanging over their head look, telling they them. They don't.
1: Stuff. And they're going to do a better job if you just release the accountability and tell them this is yours. Mm-hmm. They're going to appreciate that. They'll
0: they're, stay they, with you longer too, I think.
1: Absolutely, because they want don't to own. Be
0: micromanaged, yeah.
1: They want to own their job. They want to, and and your job as a leader is to let them know what that job is in full clarity and give them the authority to own it.
0: Make the decisions. And then back sure. them when they make a decision, whether you agree with it or not. I think sure. that's a really hard thing is if one of your people makes a decision that you don't, you don't necessarily think was the mm-hmm. right one, or you would have yeah. done it differently to just be okay with it and be like, okay, well, that's how they handled it. And if I want to change the process, because I don't like this decision, that's different yeah. than getting after them because they didn't do it the way you thought they should do it.
1: Yeah. No, I love that. And that's when, um, that's when it's time from a leadership perspective to have what I call a crucial conversation. So if the, if, if, a something like that, like that was made, a decision was made that you don't necessarily agree with, it certainly doesn't need to be front-facing. It needs to be in the back room where you're having a crucial conversation about, you know, this is. I appreciate you making the decision. All this sort of stuff. This is how I would have handled it had I been here. You yeah. know, and and we would we'll work through sort of a um, a scenario around what that do and what do you think about changing this so that if it happens next time we put this into our process so that you know we, we'll clarify this a little bit more right. and getting well, back know, to clarity you and
0: know. asking for the understanding first. Like I think yeah, the first sure. question would be, you know, this is the decision you made. Can you tell me why? Yeah. Because sometimes you don't know all the variables. And sure. So you might be judging it from a different lens than that person was judging oh, it. yeah. Because I have a tendency to like, you know, you jump to conclusions. <laughs> People like me yeah. that are just like fast and furious yep. sometimes don't Likewise. think everything through the way that someone else might. So getting yeah. that, being okay with listening to their thought process, I think mm-hmm. is really important too.
1: Cool. Yeah. I mean, I just, uh, there there's so many different things, but with full clarity, And the clarity starts, like we said at the beginning, sort of this idea around what, knowing what you want out of your life. When you know what you want out of your life, you take it into the guiding principles of your business and the guiding principles of your business, you know, um, your mission, your vision, your promise, uh, you know, what you do every day, your key, your key characteristics, um, critical actions, we call them as well. What are the three things that everybody needs to be doing every day to live up to all of this sort of stuff? And then once you have that, then you take it and you start looking at what your business is through the 4P model and, and add that promise from the guiding principles in there. And then you're working through that every day. And that's the job as a leader. You're always honing this stuff. You're always working through this stuff. You're always setting it up strategically, thinking about it through these different lists and tools and different things on how you can make things better. So, Because ultimately with that early stuff that we did, what you want out of your life and the guiding principles of your business, you have full clarity about what it is that you're working towards. And you have this sort of end picture in mind. So you're you're working your way back and creating the business that's underneath you that's going to deliver that. And when you have that, then everything becomes better and your life is better and you have more freedom and you have more time. And, you know, people want uh, to live, uh, you know, different, different stages of life, right? We all have different stages of life, but as you're cresting through, and that's most often when we see this kind of stuff flare up is when you're cresting through different stages of life and, you know, whatever that stage is that you're at now, you know, as you're going to the next one with your business in your life, it's like, okay, things are going to change. And when, when we see this change, how do we make these changes happen? Well, we make it happen by making our business run on all cylinders, not just on two.
0: Right. Well, this has been a great discussion. Is there anything that we that I didn't ask or that we didn't talk about that we want to kind of like wrap this up into a podcast? I mean, I'd love to do more with you. We could do another one sometime.
1: Maybe I'd love to
0: planning system and all that. That'd be great. Sure. Yeah. But is there something like kind of to wrap it all up um, that we that we didn't say that we need to say?
1: I think we've been th- we've been through it uh, pretty good here, Julie. Yeah, uh, the so. the biggest thing here, I think, is that you know when you think about all the stuff, if you re-listen to this podcast, if you kind of listen to it at your desk so that you can kind of go through a few of these thoughts, write some stuff down. The biggest thing when you're going through these strategy type thoughts is that you don't just listen to a podcast. You don't just read a book. You actually do the work,
0: Do the work. Yeah. That's one of my favorite sentences. You have to do the work,
1: right? So I,
0: it's work to improve your life. It's work to improve your mindset. It's work to, you know, have a life. Even it just doesn't, just doesn't come you know yeah if you want good things you got to work
1: you do and i i i use these three words around it basically and i've written blogs on and stuff like that but you know we ideate as leaders we postulate as leaders and then if that's where it stops there's a problem the next piece i call it the entrepreneurial ipa so we ideate we postulate but we need to activate
0: activate oh
1: Okay. So ideate, postulate and activate. That. Yeah, And, and from that perspective, it's until we activate that things get better. So if we never get to the activation stage, you're always just going to be living where you're living and doing what you're doing. And so is the rest of your team. So start thinking about these tools, start thinking about that That 10, 80, 20 around the stuff, start thinking about how you can improve your products, the stuff that you need to let go, the stuff you need to do better, how you can improve your systems, your, your processes, how you can improve your people, your ideal clients, fire the ones you don't want, how you're going to attract and market to those best ones by the framework that we talked about on each side of the page, all of your marketing, all of your thoughts, all of your conversations should be around attracting the best, repelling the worst. And then same with your team members in setting up how you hire your team members, knowing that they're in alignment with, and your conversation should be around the whole idea of your promise. And are they in alignment with your promise? And can you actually tie them back in quarterly reviews to the promise? are they delivering the promise? All of these different things, your guiding principles got to be tied into that too. Your suppliers need to know what it is. They want to know that they're going to be a partner with you for an extended period of time because this is the practice you're delivering. And then you get to the profit. When you get to the profit, that, that fourth P, basically, you can then start looking at everything else and buying other people's time. Because There are only so many hours in the day. There's 24 hours in the day. You cannot buy more and you cannot use less. But what you can do is you can buy other people's time. And when we were talking a little bit earlier about there are other people that are doing probably a lot of what you're doing every day that can do it even better than you. That's going to alleviate a lot of your frustration and it's going to let you live in what I call, you know, your love it zone instead. So I have another framework called love it or leave it. And and it's like, what do you want to leave? What don't you want to do anymore? What do you truly love and spend as much time in your practice and in your life doing the things that you truly want to do? And that's, that's your freedom zone. That's, yeah. that's when, when frustrations are almost gone, you're dealing with a few and, and you're flipping the switch whereby it's not 80, 90% frustration every day and 10% enjoyment. It's exact. it's the exact opposite. It's 80 or 90% enjoyment and yeah. you know 10% frustration.
0: Well, and I want to add just before we close onto that, if this, all of this stuff we've been talking about is starting to like make your mind feel like overwhelmed and you don't know where to start. Like we keep talking about where to start, but if you feel overwhelmed, what you need to do is get yourself a coach, get a coach, get a therapist, like whatever you need to help get your mind in focus and decide, get someone to help you decide how to outline all this. And, you know, maybe at some point we can get back together and do another podcast on your planner and you're yeah, cool. Sure. Cause that would be really cool to show people. Um, but tell me where they can find you. Like you can sit, tell me, tell us your website or yeah. you want people to get in touch with you if they want to learn more about what you okay. do.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much. Julie. Really. I've enjoyed our conversation today. I'm excited.
0: I want to just like keep going so we could go on for well, three or four hours. So we, I definitely want to do this again.
1: I'm in my love it zone.
0: Yeah. me too. I'm living it. Exactly. I'm, I'm living it. I love it, right? meeting new people and I love talking business and I love talking coaching. So it's kind of like that trifecta for me, what you've been talking about. So I'm excited. So tell them where to find you before uh, we, before we're done, you know,
1: dot entrepreneurship.com. So that's the name of my business. So if you, if you literally Google simplifying entrepreneurship, you'll find my podcast, you'll find my website, all that kind of good stuff. Okay, say you can it email again, me at Pete every- at more. Say-
0: Sorry. Say it again
1: because you froze up a scotch for the beginning. Yeah. So best way is just Google simplifying entrepreneurship. I know it's long, but uh, just Google simplifying entrepreneurship. You will find my simplifyingentrepreneurship.com. You'll find my podcast. You'll find a bunch of different stuff there. You can email me at Pete at more.coach. That's P-E-T-E at M-O-H-R dot C-O-A-C-H. And I'm on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn. So that's usually the best social platform to find me. The other thing I just wanted to offer out there is I've got a great assessment, Julie, on my site uh, at Simplifying Entrepreneurship. You just go to the upper right hand corner, press the button, and it takes about 10, 12 minutes to do the assessment. But basically, it will spit you back a really interesting 50 to 60 page PDF on your leadership and your business, how you, the things that you're really doing well right now, and the things that you might want to work on over the next little while. So, I mean, there's outside of just putting in your email address there. So you'll um, be, be upfront, you'll be on our email list. But from that perspective, you'll get back this 50 to 60 page document of all the things that will get your head around what we've been talking about today. And the things that you're, again, doing really well and the things that, yeah, I'm, might need a little bit of work on this over the next year. So it That's gives you a good right. guidance uh, around that.
0: I love it. I love yeah. it. Well, thank you so much for being with me uh, with me here today. I've yeah. really enjoyed our conversation. I'm delighted to meet you and, and I hope Likewise. we can uh, get together again on the podcast. Thanks so much. All right. Everyone have a beautiful week. I'll uh, talk to you again next week. Thanks. Bye, Pete.